Welcome to the Recovery Hour podcast, where we choose to recover out loud by sharing our personal stories of inspiration, hope, and triumph. Together, we can end the stigma and shame typically tied to mental illness and the disease of addiction. We are proof that recovery does happen. Joy and laughter may be involved. This is the Recovery Hour with Lori Winfeld. Welcome to the Recovery Hour with Lori Winfeld. I am so excited today to announce that we have not one, not two, and I can't count as high as how is it? Five of them. Sober Mom Squad. We're so excited to have everybody on. Emily is our founder of Sober Mom Squad and will introduce herself and also the other ladies that are just doing amazing things in the community of recovery, Jessica, Michelle, Celeste, and Jen. So welcome, ladies. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Okay, Emily, let tell us, oh my gosh, you have, there's so much. Okay. There's so much about each of you and I just get so geeked up. So you're an author, you're a mom, you're a founder of Sober Mom Squad. Give us a little bit about yourself, quick little bio, and then we'll talk more about Sober Mom Squad. Okay. Um, so I got sober just about four years ago. Really, my, my drinking was kind of a theme through my whole life, but I got sober really after mom wine culture took hold of me, um, my drinking really ramped up when I became a parent. And so when I got sober, I did a lot of reading, writing, and just kind of figuring out how I got to where I was in my recovery. And so now in my recovery coaching, I really speak a lot about mom wine culture and how, um, you know, I fell prey to it and how I think other moms do too. Uh, so I speak out about it a lot. And so I was working mostly as a recovery coach with women who had had consequences like me. They'd had the DUI, they'd had problems at work, problems in their marriage. And then when the pandemic hit, I started hearing from women who really had never questioned their drinking ever before. All of a sudden they're like, I'm home and you know, I'm drinking more. I don't have to go to work. And so what does it matter if it's five o'clock and I'm trying to homeschool, my stress is high and I'm realizing I'm self-medicating. And so that's when I just kind of went to Instagram and I was like, uh, are you guys seeing this? Cause I'm seeing this and I certainly don't have more time to work with more women, but I want to help. And I'd love to do something like who's in. And it was like, bless Jess, Michelle, Jen immediately. We're like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, let's do something. And we're like, okay. And we just all got on a text thread together. We're like, let's, let's start like a zoom meeting. Let's do a weekly zoom meeting. We'll figure it out. And we just kind of figured it out as we went. And, you know, all of a sudden we had 300 members, 600 members, but you know, a thousand members. And we decided we wanted to expand it. And so in September, we, we launched a membership program. So we always have our free meetings on Wednesday. Uh, we have a free Facebook group. Now we have um, an expanded membership where we have now, I think, 22 meetings a week. We have webinars for about parenting, sobriety, anything. I mean, we had like a makeup lesson last month, like anything fun that our members ask for. We have group coaching uh, resources, like so much stuff. Um, and it's really just evolved around what women have needed. Um, and that's, that's how we got here. Awesome. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. And what powerhouses you found to answer that call. The first on the list is Celeste. What I love about Celeste is we're in the same town and I did not know that. (laughs) I'm like, there is another just badass recovery woman in this little town of Reno, Nevada. And I'm so, so happy um, that we were able to connect you had a story go viral and there you are. Lots and lots of followers. Tell us about that and about yeah. yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was a, a mommy blogger. I've been one for a couple of years and I, I quit drinking three years ago and I kept it pretty top secret. I think I probably did it exactly the way you're not supposed to. Like I just, I quit cold turkey. I didn't tell anybody I didn't go to any meetings. I didn't read anything. I was just like, I am separating myself from this life and I'm going to figure it out all on my own. And so for the first year, there was a lot of secrecy and guilt and shame tied to this decision to quit drinking. And it wasn't till I hit one year um, that I decided to start writing about it publicly. And what I thought was going to be a one-time post 
letting my followers know that I actually don't drink anymore. It went, it did really well and people wanted more of it. And um, I wound up writing about six months in about a mommy play date that went sideways when the mom popped open a bottle of champagne and said we were doing mimosas at four in the afternoon. And the piece just went crazy viral because I just said, you know, alcohol is really the only drug we need to explain not using. And that resonated with people because whether or not you are sober because of addiction or because you just choose to be a non-drinker, we all have been asked at some point in time, why do you not drink? And that is fascinating because that's the time we live in. So I have been sober now for three years and now it's almost all I write about. I mean, I do write about parenthood from time to time. Um, this seems to be the point of connection I have with most of my followers is my decision to quit drinking, is my concern around the money wine culture, and is uh, the freedom that I have found in sobriety and in being a sober mom. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I do want to, we'll get back to this because I do want to introduce everyone so we can recognize voices as we talk throughout this time. But you keep bringing up mommy wine culture, and that's huge. And I don't know that everyone understands what that is. So I really want to get into that for a little bit as well, but let's move on and continue to introduce the ladies. And then I'm okay with saying ladies, everybody's good with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Guys, gals, friends, let's do it. Okay. So Jen, Jen Elizabeth, you have resurrection, correct? Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. So pretty much, you know, my entire story is just about raising myself up from all the things that I was too ashamed to ever share with anybody. Um, you know, everything about sobriety for me is lives underneath that surface of not drinking and not using. It's all the reasons why it's all the things I thought were, you know, dirty that made me different. Um, that made me unfit to live in this world. Um, all those things are the very things that have built me to be who I am today. Um, and I think it's just really important to let people know that, um, there's nothing to be ashamed of, you know, the things that we go through, um, for me, I have, you know, a lot of childhood stuff and really, you know, my need to escape, you know, started way before I ever picked up a drink. And so I don't really focus so much on talking about when I put the drink down. It's that when I stopped running in general. And also uh, amazing. And you also see that you have authored a book as well, Shape of Woman. And tell me a Mm -hmm. little bit about that. Tell the listeners a little bit about what were you called to when you decided to write a book I really, you know, I remember um, getting on social media and being really afraid to share the truths of who I was. You know, I wanted to paint a different picture of myself. And and I'm really good at painting, you know, things to look as I want you to see them. And I remember, you know, finally one day, just I I couldn't live that way anymore. I just, you know, I was sober, you know, and that was, that's wonderful. It it was, that's a catalyst to my healing work. But I was in so much pain inside. I just, um, you know, I felt like if this is sobriety, like I don't, maybe I'm not meant for sobriety. Maybe I'm not meant for anything. And I remember sharing one day about the truth, uh, some of the truths of my childhood. And I just, I remember putting the phone down and thinking everyone's going to just be so disgusted. They're not going to be able to ever look at me again. No one's going to want to know me. But what happened is I got DM after DM after DM of people saying, thank you. Thank you for sharing what I've been living with and too afraid to tell anybody. And I was like, well, maybe, maybe I don't have to hide. Maybe I am worthy of living exactly as I am. And that's kind of how the book was born was just, you know, it was like that next step of like, okay, how can I reach more people and let them know that not only am I 
finding courage to share these things on a social media level, but I want to share them on a world level. I want people all around the world, women all around the world to know that what happens to you in childhood, whether you've been, you know, molested or abused or raped or whatever throughout our lives, that you don't have to be ashamed and that you can take your power back and that we can share these things and find community and build ourselves back up from those very things. And, and it's basically like, you know, I, I have been shaped a cer- certain way, but I'm not bound to how I have been shaped. Nobody is. Yeah. So inspiring. And I love what you said. And I would guess that, I mean, I'm going to speak for everyone on the call here, <laughs> that the feeling of a stranger reaching out and saying you helped me or you inspired me or thank you for telling your story because it allowed me to whatever is literally the greatest feeling of all things, knowing that what was so scary and so harmful to each of us became sort of the message of you're not alone. And I am just, I'm so, I'm like beside myself. I'm not, I don't know if I'm fangirling or not. I just don't know what's happening. I'm like, I'm so excited that you're all here. And I'm like, "Ah." so thank you. Thank you. It's just like so many just cool, cool women. Okay. So Jessica Landon. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing so well. I'm so glad you're here. I what what spoke to me when I was reading through your bio is comedy. And so I thought, ooh, like, is that your thing or is it not? Or let's talk a little bit about comedy. It's it's always sort of been my thing. I think in the past I've used it to numb, like a lot of comedians mm. did. I, I remember I was in a comedy troupe drinking a bottle of vodka a day, but uncannily performing, but I used comedy to sort of deflect and not, you know, to keep from going there, you know, going to that dark place that I had a really big problem and it helped keep levity in my life. And it, and it really worked until it didn't, you know, and, and I was, you know, non-functioning, had to get help. But then when I got sober and kind of sort of started to find me again, I found that funny bone again. I was like, wait a minute, comedy, I can use this to heal and transmute, you know, all that pain into purpose and used my comedy to bring levity to such a dark subject, addiction, you know, and nobody really was. And I think when I started to like poke fun at it and do these, these funny videos, and really I was making fun of myself and my, and my own past, which helped me heal from my own shame and everything that I had gone through. And, um, and when I started doing these videos, it just really, I think resonated with people too. It was like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's, when you look back, it is so absurd. It's funny. And we have to laugh about it or we're just going to be depressed, you know? Yes. I feel going through recovery and the community and the more we delve into that, there are so many of us that use humor to, like you said, to numb or to escape or to just mm-hmm. not really think about the truth. And so I personally love and appreciate uh, that form of <laughs> discussion and Thank you so much for that. So we have one lone soldier, Michelle Smith. I have to tell you, when I first became sober, I wanted to start writing and I did. I started writing a blog and I wasn't a writer. It was just me. I want to just throw it out there. And for some reason, Sober Sally came to my mind because it was a name that wasn't mine. (laughs) And I thought, and I did some research and I just kept going through and I thought, what? unique names. And what I loved so much was hearing recovery is the new black because I very much live in a world of galas and fundraisers and everybody's wearing the black dress, you know? So, um, so Michelle Smith, recovery is the new black. Welcome. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. So I was raised in a family of an alcoholic parent. My father was an alcoholic and he was a very prestige, important person in our community. So from the outside looking in, our family was very well put together, very glamorous, great lifestyle. On the inside, um, it was a lot different. It was, a, it was living in a house with an alcoholic. And so that really shaped me to know from the very beginning that alcohol was poison and I did everything in my power to stay away from it. I was successful in doing that until I had my first child. I 
too fell into the mommy wine culture. My husband was deployed to Iraq. My mother passed as soon as I became a mother. And I fell into a deep, dark depression. I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. I had a stroke, all the things. I just, everything at once, the season of my life was extremely difficult. And the way that I was shown to survive parenthood or any uncomfortable feelings and emotions was to drink. Over time, slowly, the survival bottles of wine that I was given for my first child into my second child took a different approach. I looked at them in a different way than I never had before. And I had the perfect example of what not to be. And that's what I struggle with still with the shame and the guilt is I know what it feels like to be an adult child of an alcoholic. And I began doing the same things to my children, especially knowing that I am... I've been now in corrections as a mental health counselor and addiction counselor for 20 years. I knew better. I was giving advice. I was giving support. I knew what to do. And I was unable to help myself during that time until there was so many interventions that, you know, that one glass that turns into, you know, a treat at the end of the day to take the rough edges off of a really difficult day began, you know, drinking my alcohol earlier in the morning and started hiding it when people would question it. And, you know, it turned into a full-blown addiction. I became a severe alcoholic that needed intervention and inpatient treatment and CPS got involved. And I had to fight for my position to remain a mom, to remain a wife, to remain, you know, an important lead in my profession. And I'm doing it. I just hit my four year sobriety. It took me seven years to do, but I never gave up. And I believe that's the only prerequisite to this whole alcohol free living is to, you can fail a million times, but you're learning each time I would pick myself back up and I would just keep going until I figured it out. Wow. That's wonderful. Four years is a long time. Anyone listening right now that's maybe on their day one or maybe on their day 100, it seems like an eternity and know that everyone had their first day one. Some of us had their second day ones and some, you know, on and on. And so it's just a lovely way for us to get together to talk about our sobriety and that, yeah, you can, you can recover. And I love what you just said, Michelle, is there's a, there's a place for if you slip or if you you know, take that drink to start over and you don't lose everything that you had, right? You can just keep on moving. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. And you also wrote a book. I did. What was that? What was that like for you? Extremely therapeutic. It was a healing process for me. It was very difficult. It was very emotional to go through because a lot of it I wanted to forget or black out or, you know, pretend it didn't happen. And so there was a lot of healing that took place, a lot of amends work that happened. I'm super proud of it. I'm super proud of knowing that there were so many people who wanted to know bits and pieces of my story because we only get the snapshot of who we are on social media. And to have a place to be able to tell my followers, clients, people that are struggling with, here's my full, they see the glory, they see the redemption, they don't see me in the trenches. And I want them to know that they're not alone and that really bad things can happen and we can still rise rise above it. And so I just hope that this gets in the hands of the people who need it the most to know that they're not alone. Great message. Thank you. And Emily, you have some highlights to talk about. See what I did there? Jessica, do you think I could be, you think I could, no, she's like, like, that wasn't funny, actually. (laughs) Not doing it, Lore. Okay, I tried. Mm. (laughs) Emily, tell us about your experience writing the highlight reel. Yeah, so my my experience was very much like like Michelle and Jen. Um, It it was very therapeutic, and and what what started as just a way of me processing how I got to where I was. You know, January first, twenty seventeen. Like, how the hell did I get here? Where I am, you know. I've been in the hospital several times. I've had a DUI. I've almost lost my marriage. I've almost, you know, lost my life. What in the hell happened? And, and so I just started piecing it together. I started writing, like I went to the, the last thing that happened. How did that happen? Okay. Why did that happen? Let's go to the thing before that. How did that happen? And 
all of a sudden you start peeling back the onion and peeling all the layers and seeing what was beneath that and and ultimately finding it wasn't alcohol. It was what I was using it for all those years to cover up, you know, childhood trauma to cover up, uh, you know, not a very strong sense of self, whatever it was throughout my life, it was the solution. Alcohol was the solution to the problem. And then it in itself, you know, created a need for itself and became the problem. So over two years, my first two years of recovery, I wrote and I wrote and I wrote my journals and I you know, talked to text into my phone and just took like a record, the stream of consciousness of my whole life up to that point. And so I came to this place was right at my two year mark where I said, okay, I'm going to do something with this. And again, it was like, I want reading memoirs and quit lit and listening to podcasts and watching interviews was such a part of my process. I'm like, I want this to be out there somehow for someone. And if it helps one person, that would be amazing. Like it's just one more story out there, but ultimately, I mean, it, it was, it was so cathartic to have one version of myself out there because I was, I was the mom. I was the successful person. I was the train wreck. I was the, this person when I was in college, I was this person when I was that age, I was this person when I was a kid. And it was like, this is all me and it's all in there. And and to have myself walking around as one person aligned and have it out of my head and out of just, it was so freeing in, in such, uh, such a huge way. Um, so, I mean, anyone who's listening, who's thinking of, you know, writing a book or I don't know where to get started, just write like, and, and the, what will happen will happen. And, and it, it is so freeing to just get all of that information out of your brain. Yes. And what sounds like something that is therapeutic for the writer becomes such a valuable resource to so many in recovery mm-hmm. and it just blows me away. Yeah. Celeste, hi, how are you? Good. I'm going to keep coming you know back what? and forth. I have to tell you something funny. I think this is the first podcast we've done, all five of us. So this is, it a is pretty special podcast. <laughs> we've done a couple of interviews like where we're all together, but this is this is the first podcast. Yeah. Well, right. I'll tell you, you picked Back the off. right one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, some, there's something special about you, Lori. We just... We knew we all had to be here for this one. (laughs) I appreciate it. And you know what? Let me tell the listeners because they're used to me telling my bullshit is that I am a hot effing mess this week because I got my shit stolen, um, which was literally any of you know this, your life. Like when you say to someone who writes, who thinks, who is in recovery, your notebook, your journal, your bag, I have a bag of shit, right? It's gone. I'm like, I cried and cried and cried. And and what I knew I could do, because we were scheduled to have this meeting of six um, a, a while, a little bit ago when, when this happened, and I knew that I could call Emily and say, can we please reschedule this? Because I need to take care of myself right now. And to understand, to know that would be received as well as it was. And literally minutes later, getting a spa package at my doorstep. Hmm. Go take a bath, girl. Take care of yourself. I just can't. So I I am so grateful for all of you. One, for your time. Two, for saving yourselves for this ultimate exclusive (laughs) sober mom squad (laughs) all together on one podcast. I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. Um, so Celeste, thank you for bringing attention to that because I um, I do like to brag. And so someone else bringing it up first was perfect. <laughs> okay. Holiday season is just a shit show for many of us. And you all discussed and talked about mommy wine culture, which I'd love for someone before we get into it, Celeste, and maybe it could be you too, whoever wants to jump in here, is to maybe talk about mommy wine culture a little bit, or if each of you have your own idea of what that is. But for me, I know, you know, I fell into it. And listen, I was the one that was having the four o'clock mimosas, and that was norm. Um, but some of the some of the listeners may not know what that means. So before we get into the holidays specifically and what comes up for you, can someone jump in or all of you on mommy wine culture, what that means to you? I'm so happy yeah. you're all excited to talk about it. At once. <laughs> Um, well, I know. know once one of us starts, we're never going to stop. Like, I know. We can all you... go on and on about Okay, that, I'm going to so... ask Jessica then. Jessica. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> I think you know, she's I... funny. 
Well, I'm not. I just thought if I called on her first, she might laugh at my next joke. <laughs> I actually was just introduced to this world of mommy wine culture. Okay, then uh, I'm going to pick on somebody else. Frightening. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. But it, um, yeah, I just, because I have a one-year-old and I, you know, was very familiar with uh, alcoholism in our culture and society. But then once I came into the world of mommy wine, you know, mommy juice, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm very scared for the generation of children that are being raised and in these homes, these kids with intoxicated moms that can't be present that are, you know, just drunk all the time. Like it's scary. It is. It is so scary. I just fucking love that you have the experience of being moms, knowing that you are literally not capable of doing anything when you're blitzed, right? When you are just like, what are you, what decisions are you making? Like, what are you, who's into what right now? And um, what scars are we placing on these children mentally? Exactly. I mean, I would have never been able to function whatsoever. I mean, I was a non-functioning alcoholic. I would be uh, not capable of, of doing anything, caring for myself or my son. Or, and I know that, you know, these, especially during this time, it's just escalating and people are depending more and more on alcohol as a coping skill when they're just isolated. And, and these kids have nowhere to go. I think for me too, like looking back at, you know, early on in motherhood, when my kids were infants, it was, I had, we, as society, we, women, like we have to provide for the household. I had to work. I didn't have a choice. So I always felt like a bad mom because I was an employee and a bad employee because I was a mom. I didn't get to choose which one I wanted to do. I had to do both. And I had to do it with a smile on my face. I had to do it while being a soccer mom. I had to, you know, be in the PTA and not you know, they had to be home bought brownies because people have celiac disease or whatever. And the expectations I had for myself before children were never readjusted. So I was expecting myself to do the same things I was doing, double jobs, two kids. The majority of the time, my husband either deployed or working graveyard. And I would always fall short of my expectations. And other women got that. They got the fact that Motherhood is really hard. And what we expect us mothers to do in today's society is not realistic, but it makes it feel more realistic when you're drinking. And so that was like the camaraderie. That was the glue, the social lubricant to having a good time and talking about our husbands and how crazy our kids are and that they're teething. It's innocent. It's Bailey's and coffee. It's bottomless mimosas at noon. And it's not this, you don't have a problem, you're a normie or you're a raging alcoholic. It is this gray spectrum that I sat in for seven years of just, yeah, we all kind of go overboard at Christmas parties. That's normal. And when you take something externally looking for a solution, that's an internal or a spiritual problem, you're looking for it's this tool that is never going to fill your soul the way it would if you didn't pick up an addictive substance. And so, you know, I was part of it. I was drinking. I had the t-shirts. I had all of these things. I was longing for connection. I was completely Mm -hmm. isolated and depressed and they were my people until I couldn't stop drinking. And so that's the mommy wine culture is that it's innocent. It's funny and it's relatable and it's cute. It's not meant to create alcoholics. Now I don't think it created me into an alcoholic, but I think it was the perfect breeding ground for my alcoholic genes to gravitate and to take hold with seeing all my social media feeds, seeing all my friends everywhere that I went, anything that I interacted with was all centered around alcohol and birds of a feather flock together when we're doing the same thing with the same amount of people that that's going to become our entire world. And that's exactly what happened for me. Yeah. What I see as a coach, so many people are trying to label or identify themselves and you don't have to say the words, I'm an alcoholic to know that you have um, a divisive relationship, you know, a damaging relationship with alcohol. You don't have to Mm -hmm. say it. And I know that that's shameful for some and for others, it's the only way. And also one of the things I love about your group, Sober Mom Squad, is that each of you obviously individually have your own stories, but being able to 
openly talk about all paths of recovery and, and accepting that is just so wonderful for men and women, you know? Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of that. Celeste, let's get back to you. We're going to talk about holidays. I'd ask you all to sing, but we didn't, we didn't plan that. <laughs> Next time. Next time. I feel like maybe Jessica can go like she's got some Jen and Jessica can do acapella like <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh, my God. No. It's okay. like pen pentatonics. There's five of us. We could totally whip out some pentatonics. Here we go. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, no. No. You're on your own, sure. sister. Shit, Jen. Way to throw a girl That's under the bus. how we want to go viral, ladies. No. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'll just, I'll just keep throwing it out there and see if, if it takes. <laughs> so Celeste, with the holidays approaching and this being one of the craziest years for many, what's your one holiday like, uh, here we go in recovery and, and what are your tools around that? So most years it would, I would say parties being the awkward person at parties that feels like I'm the only person not drinking. Generally, I'm not, but it often feels that way. And feeling like I'm going to a party where they are catering to drinkers and the only option I have is tap water from the bathroom. Whether or not parties are in someone's holiday season this year, one thing I am preparing myself for is having lots of options available, which is something I do anyway. But having fun, celebratory holiday drinks and mocktail options um, gives me something to look forward to and gives me kind of that reward feeling at the end of the day that I have learned is important uh, for, for me and my style of, you know, if you want to call it love language or, or personality type, I like receiving gifts. I like being rewarded. And um, having that option at the end um, of a day or even in the middle of the day, when if there's other people around um, having, having drinks, I've got my own fancy little drink. And in the beginning, when I first quit, the idea of spending money on that kind of infuriated me. Like, I am not going to spend $10 on a bottle of non-alcoholic <laughs> champagne. <laughs> but then I think about the amount of money I spent on alcoholic champagne and the thought was kind of ridiculous. So now I do, um, I spend a little amount of money on um, having non-alcoholic options, um, especially for the holiday seasons. I think it's important to have um, multiple things available and um, to make, if that's something that you feel like would um, make the day feel more festive. It, I mean, you would have been spending money on booze. Why wouldn't you spend it on NA options? Oh my gosh. Anyone else, was anyone else here like super wine snob that had to start with, like seriously, I was just like, oh, house wine? No, I need the $15, <laughs> you know, glass of La Crema yeah. at the restaurant, a hundred plus in. And now I'm like, so freaking loaded. I'm drinking like tequila, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. Jessica, oh my gosh. Jessica, oh, yeah. Jessica and I were drinking Lysol under a bridge. So we don't exactly. understand that. We were, I was just going to say Listerine, vanilla, yes. my own perfume. Let's see. What else did I go for? Robitussin. Yep. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yes. <laughs> so, so you have some, so you've had some uh, serious, like, what else can I get my hands on besides spending the actual money? Mm. Exactly. Oh, all right. Desperation uh, and an attempt to avoid withdrawal and yeah. Uh, and, uh, and oh God. So grateful. Mm, so grateful. Um, Jen, what do you have yes. going on around the holidays? So you just you just threw out there, okay, you're laughing about this. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So you're drinking under the bridge at some point. So do the holidays oh. bring something up for you? No, I, you know, the holidays make me feel really grateful to have a home, to have clean water and food and, you know, not be in prison and, um, where my addiction takes me. But, you know, this is my, this will be my 10th sober Christmas. I'm almost 10 years. Oh my gosh. I wish we had a song. <laughs> right. <laughs> Happy wanna... 10 years to you. <laughs> as long as you. What's your it. date, Jen? <laughs> May 1st. What is your date? Okay, May 1st. Wow. Yeah. We'll be 10 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I, the whole magnitude of that is still never lost on me. I mean, it just, every day I'm 
there's moments where I'm just like floored that this is my life that, you know, I'm not, you know, without shelter and without food and destroying my body in order to avoid being me. It's just beyond. But what what always comes up for me for the holidays, I think, um, is, is even though I've had quite a few years in sobriety and I've had quite a few years doing healing work and trauma work, not having a family can be hard, even though it is by my choice that I have had to detach from my family, seeing all the family pictures and people bonding with their moms and um, grandparents and, you know, images of family traditions that were never my family, but it, there's still a hole there. And so I, I always really like to, you know, reach out to people like me who come from abusive families or come from families that they have to set boundaries with for their own sanity, for their children's safety, that the holidays can be really, really, really tender for that. And a lot of people go back out and drink or use because it's so painful. And so for me, like, you know, I really, my friends are my family. Mm. They're, they've been there for me more than any blood family that I've ever had. They accept me for who I am. They don't intentionally go out and try to harm me. And I can show up just as Jen, whether that's, you know, sparkly or just an mm. absolute wreck saying the F word every five seconds, I'm still worthy of being loved by people who know how to love me. And that goes with blood family. That goes with anyone that everybody is worthy of being loved by people who know how to love you. And so I really just hang on to my friends extra tight during the holidays. And I set a lot of boundaries on social media. There's people that have wonderful intentions and, but just not a lot of education on dysfunctional families. And they'll say, you know, well, that's the only family you're ever going to have. And how could you not see your mother and not, and and what I do is I mute those people. <laughs> I mute those people. I mean, bless you and you don't understand and I mute and I find my people and I surround myself with support, especially during the holidays. Mm. Yeah. I just got warm fuzzies because I feel like <laughs> you just you just spoke my story and so that makes me feel very much like you're affirming that my boundaries I've set with my own mother which yes. seems very similar i have a a friend that is like i've known her since i was 16 17 and we're still very close and she's very close with our family meaning my blood family my mother and my stepfather and my sister well she's lost both of her parents to death mm-hmm. and she often tells me at least you have a mother I can't believe you're not talking to her. I'm like, but if thoughts in my head say I probably would be okay if she wasn't here, doesn't ring like, (laughs) isn't there a, like, but she says, because she's missing out on that. Um, And I try to explain, you know, there's a relationship she had that was very different Mm -hmm. and not as vile um, as, as, you know, and vindictive. So I appreciate you sharing that story. And I think it will bring for a lot of people is to know that you can choose your family. And it's okay to say because you're blood, that doesn't mean I have to accept everything you think is okay or how to, how you treat me. So, so thank, thank you so much for sharing, Jen. Well, you're welcome. Jessica, is there anything that pops up for you? Holy fuck, you guys, this is weird. Hmm. This is weird. And I was going to tell Jen, you can use the F word because this is explicit. And I know you said the F word instead of actually saying fuck. So please. <laughs> but I was just I, telling I you. I have said fuck so many times this week. I'm trying to like oh, detox. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. I noticed that nobody else says it, but I, hi. Oh, no. I'm on good behavior right now. Emily's on. So I'm trying That's to like. stupid. So stupid. Don't be on best behavior here. Do it on another show where you'll never be together, the five of you. <laughs> um, the girl I was just talking about just texted me. Oh, that's oh, weird. weird. ESP. That's weird. She's going to be like, did oh, you call yeah. your mom? Yeah. <laughs> put, her like, on, put her on speakerphone. We'll talk to her. She's going to yeah. be like, I just talked to it. Just talk to your mom. Oh. Uh, she's sending pictures of puppies. It's okay. okay. She's not that in tune to what we're doing right now. <laughs> Oh gosh. Okay. Jessica, holiday season is around. 
Yeah. You know, similar to Jen, because we, we were both like really low bottom <laughs> drunk. I have a deep appreciation around this time because I, I remember writing about this. I was homeless during the holidays one year. And I remember looking and being freezing in like hospital pants. I think I just got out of the hospital. I had nowhere to go. Looking into people's windows and seeing like a lit Christmas tree, people on the couch under a blanket, like the TV on. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, that is just, I would die for that. And if I ever have that one day, I'm going to be so grateful. So around this time, I just, when I look at the Christmas tree and I just have this, a whole like shelter, I just think, I can't believe I made it to this. Like I have this life where I'm not on the streets and it's just such a, a time of gratitude for me. And I have my family back, you know, they don't hate me. They I'm alive. I have my health. I have a son. I can't believe I'm responsible for a life and I couldn't even take care of mine. You know, every year from like 2009 to 2014, I missed Christmas. I was either in a psych ward on the streets, in a treatment center or in jail every year for like six years. So when Christmas comes around, I am so grateful that I get to, I'm out and free. I get to experience Christmas and I'm alive. So it's just a a time of deep appreciation for me. So grateful to hear others being grateful during this season because it really is typically a message of chaos and here we go and what's next and how do we handle hearing from a few of you in the opposite direction of, hey, just being grateful for the fact that I have a a roof over my head that this Mm -hmm. tiny human I'm responsible for is actually going to have a great life because I'm not an asshole anymore. Um, So cool. Thank you for sharing. Emily, what's the holidays like for you? You have a big family. You have five children. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. It's, uh, it's busy. It's busy. Do you have you anything? Know, I... <clears throat> Excuse um... me, I'm going to cut that off because I'm choking. That's okay. this won't be in the that's gonna be my editor who is me. It's gonna take that out. <laughs> Let's start over. Hey Emily, you have five kids. What happens? <laughs> What happens with you around the holidays? Yeah, yeah, that was all on purpose for sure. All those kids. Um, no, they were mostly planned. Um, yeah, the <laughs> the holidays are are really busy. It, you know, it's funny, especially this year when it's like, oh, you know, oh, we can't see our family, we can't see our family. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like we we always have a full house, and uh, I don't really know what that's like. But uh, I think when when I like think of it in in the sense of what Christmas used to be like versus what it is now and it was always me with a wine glass in my hand you know with the little kids around in the wine glass in my hand and missing what was going on right and now being a sober mom you know and this is my now I guess third Christmas you know because I got sober right after Christmas um you know just less than four years ago um how much I enjoy it and how much joy I get from it. And before it was really the numbing out the noise, like you said, the gratitude versus busyness of it. And I feel grateful for sobriety. I also feel grateful for, I hate to say this, and it's like I feel grateful for this pandemic in that way that it has taken off that layer of obligation and what holidays are really about, it should be about joy. It should be about, you know, again, if you're a spiritual person, you know, if it's about the birth of Jesus, if it's about whatever it is for you, connection for you, if it's about the Santa thing, like what, it, what, what is it, you know, what do I want to show my kids that it's about? And I know what I showed them before. And, you know, it was about having the party every year and ha- making sure that the champagne fridge was stocked and all of that. And, and making sure all the boxes were checked and it was busyness and stress. And that's all it was. Mm. So when people say, I, I guess one thing I hear um, people ask me, is like, how do you have fun at the holidays without drinking? How do you enjoy the holidays without drinking? And we've equated fun with alcohol because we've added it to everything. And it's like, what was fun when you were a kid? Now, that's the, the, the greatest gift I've received from my kids is, is them showing me what joy is like. And mm-hmm. everyone loved Christmas as a kid for the most part. Like, what, what did you enjoy doing as a kid? Did you like going to, looking at Christmas lights, making cookies? Like, you could do all of those things. And to be able to capture that ability to relive being a kid at Christmas again, I feel like it's the biggest gift I've, I've received through sobriety. Cool. Yeah. The five kids. 
It's a lot. I, know. I don't know it's, how it's she lot. does it. Right? Mm. <laughs> mm. We're just like, mm, no. <laughs> I'm just assuming you're the only one with five children. Does everybody else? Have... <laughs> oh yeah. gosh. Thank you. Thank you all so much for sharing. That is really helpful. I think that some of those tips for the listeners will be great because we do have people that are just starting and yeah, definitely freaking out about what happens during the holidays. If it's your first go around, it's okay. And listen to some of the ladies here. Be grateful, right? Because you're alive. Michelle, we can't continue on without you sharing your Christmas excitement. Is it excitement? Is it stress? Is it chaos? What do you have? You know, it used to be, it used to be all of that. It was going from one house to another. I, you know, I couldn't, I'd eat and then I'd have to leave and then go have dessert somewhere else. Can you hear me? Now we can. Well, that's weird. I'm sorry, guys. Don't be sorry. I make a song out of everything. There's not even a fucking make it easy. <laughs> Let's start over. Hi, Michelle. Hello. <laughs> do you have a, do you have a, ho- <laughs> do you have a holiday spiel? What's, what's your um, issue or non-issue during this season? You know, for me, because I was like Jen and Jessica and some of that, one of the last Christmases, I was in the hospital. I left against medical advice and scrubs because apparently I had puked and peed my pants. So I was roaming the town, didn't have keys. My husband took them from me and I was like, I never want to have to ever experience this ever again. I'm sitting here alone on the holidays. And that's when I went to treatment and I told myself, I will never, ever, like I have to go to treatment because I never want to be away from my kids and my, and my husband ever again, even though it's super hard to say, Hey, you have this beautiful family in this life that you've created. And all I want to do is escape it. That's it. And I have made that commitment that my daughter my son no longer have to blow out their candles, hoping mommy's sober. Like that was what they used to wish for. And they never have to do that again. And for me, the holidays, it's about connection, service, and just being there and showing up for other people. I just got back from Lush Schwab and dropped off gifts and food. And I'm working at the hotline this weekend. Like, how can I give back? How can I pay it forward and let somebody know that I know they're struggling, but I see them and to keep going, to keep pushing forward because there were people who didn't give up on me and I want to be that light and that sense of hope for other people. So that's, you know, connection and service for me is really meaningful, especially during this time of year. I love how everyone, all your answers are about being grateful and volunteering and giving back and our families and mine's about spending money on mocktails. Well, that's because you're the only one that's being real, Celeste, right? right? (laughs) Jen admitted she's on her best behavior because Emily's here. I'm like, what does that even mean? (laughs) What does that even mean, best behavior? (laughs) Yes. Turn back time. Yes! (laughs) I have a singer. It's about time. Well, um, you definitely all will have a a moment at the end to either take away or or give something back to... to the show. And uh, I know the editor, so you can let me know if there's something you want to, um, but I think that we leave the mocktails in because that was just really, it's such a thing. And Emily says this sometimes too. I'm sure all of us do, but I just saw it recently on one of her um, Instagram things was the, uh, do I, I don't drink anymore. And it's like, no, I drink. Everybody has to drink to stay alive. I just don't drink alcohol. But how many times, like, do you walk into uh, either a bar or now, you know, with a pandemic, we don't do bars, but friend's house or whatever. And it's just like, ooh, (laughs) there's nothing to drink. There's some orange juice over there, but that's for literally like a mixer for someone's vodka. Um, And that was something I experienced in the very beginning too, is when I would have my own special, like this is for me, people, my my um, husband's friends would come over and take my drinks as their mixers. I'm like, no, uh-uh. <laughs> not work that way. Mm-hmm. You bring your own damn mixer. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. We're running out of time, but I have to, since it's the holidays, find out who is putting themselves on the naughty or the nice list. Emily, naughty or nice? <laughs> Why do I have to go first? Wait, we have to vote. go first. Oh. We should vote each other. Okay, Jen. I mean, we should. Oh, I have to go first? That's, well, shit, you brought it up. Right. You're going to tell I, us. I, is I, em- I'm voting Emily on the naughty list. Yeah, <laughs> definitely on the naughty list. I, I like how this is working out. 
<laughs> Emily, should you be interested in letting us know if uh, Jen should be on the naughty or the nice list? Well, she put me on the naughty list, so she's coming with me. She's definitely on the naughty list. Ooh, okay. We got it. two for the naughty list. Michelle, how is Celeste <laughs> faring this year? Oh, she's on the good list, of course. Oh, yeah. Of course she is. She is. <laughs> Jessica, what about Michelle? Good list. She'd be on the nice list for sure. She seems like it. She seems yeah. like the nice one yeah. of the group. She <laughs> she's, she's a soft little cancer. She's yeah. a sweet little teddy bear. Aww. Love to pull her out. <laughs> Celeste, um, is Jessica in that vibrant yellow chair because she's naughty or because she's nice? <laughs> Oh gosh, Jessica's the she's an angel. She's definitely in the nice list. Wow. <laughs> she's an angel with that stupid mermaid, mermaid hair. Yeah. A mermaid. <laughs> we call her mermaid hair. Yeah. For our oh, listeners who can't see, Jessica has this mermaid hair. Perfect mermaid hair. Glowing and flowing. Yeah. Ooh, I so just made something. Too. It's glowing and flowing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for the end of the call, the end of the show, it's crazy that this has been an hour already. Thank you again for your time. If you sober mom squad, like let's, let's be real here. Not that you haven't been by the way, because I really appreciate all of your real answers, by the way, by the way, by the way, I've said that three times and I'll get that out. <laughs> God, it's so annoying. This is why it takes me fucking 17 hours to do one podcast because I this stuff happens and I can't let it out there. But it's let so just... genuine. It's awesome. Naughty or nice, we got that list over with. If you could pick your perfect gift, this is material, ladies. This is not peace on earth. Perfect <laughs> gift this year. What would it be? And I'm just randomly starting with Jen because she looks the most stressed about the question. <laughs> Oh my God. The most perfect gift for me this year would be a weekend away from my children and my fiance. Like get me the fuck out of every, I want by myself. By myself. Get it. By myself. Yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay. <laughs> I need it. Yeah. All right. Emily, what about you? Um, yeah, I would say that's exactly just, yeah, a day alone or more days, but I'll take yeah. one. Alone in the, anywhere, don't care where. Alone, even yeah. like, my closet is fine. Just don't find yeah. me. <laughs> How do they find us? How do they find us? Oh, Jessica Landon. I would say you know a day alone would be great, but if I'm going to be completely honest, a day alone with some cosmetic treatments would be ideal. Oh, <laughs> oh stepping up the I, game yeah. here, sister. I, yeah. See, I can I'm take our answers because, back. Yes, yeah. you can. <laughs> yes, you I've can. Been without without treatment because of pregnancy and breastfeeding for far too long now I'm 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 ready to just say okay fill me up well I have <laughs> you I'm um, you are sitting but I do have you on high definition on my screen and you look amazing I don't know that oh. there's need for all that craziness but you know it does make a girl feel good it does it does whatever you got gravity to do to make is, yourself is feel happy <laughs> oh gravity gravity here we go. <laughs> I'm trying to defy gravity, okay? And I'm not, it's not happening. No, no, I got nothing for you there. No, sol <laughs> no solving the defying gravity. Defy gravity. Isn't that, isn't that from, uh, what's it called? Um, you just made that up, Jess. That's nothing. <laughs> no, it's a song from that famous play, Defy Gravity. I can't remember the, the, the it's the famous, you know, it was at the Pandacotta, it was everywhere. What is what is it called? Oh, well, she said it was I at the panna cotta. Isn't that a hand Italian dessert? <laughs> <laughs> no. It was at the panna cotta. <laughs> Defy gravity. It's at the panna cotta. <laughs> oh, the angel herself, Michelle Smith, is just sitting there like, what's happening over here? I think it's hilarious. It needs to be in the show notes just so people, because you know, people are listening to this and they're like, God damn it, that's what it is. You know? We'll find it. Exactly. We will find it. Jessica's going to do some research. I am a virgin to all of the Botox and everything. And I've been telling these ladies for like nine months that I'm going to go in, I'm going to do this. And it's like, <laughs> I want to do it, but I have nowhere to fucking go. So it's like, I don't want to like waste all my money and, you know, do it all if no one's going to see me. True. No. But what I do want is I, there's like these new Breville um, espresso machines. Like I want a big ass coffee pot that takes up my whole kitchen. 
because I need it. Working several jobs and homeschooling two ADHD kids, I need coffee. Like I always <laughs> have like all of it everywhere. So that would be cool. It would save me money too. Yes. It I'm would. like a kitchen, like a kitchen, like gadget weirdo. It's stupid. I always get them and don't need them, but yeah, coffee is my happiness. I feel like maybe your next sponsorship could be Breville and maybe they should have to give you a big machine for Michelle to try That's out. That's a great idea. That's I'm a great idea. Of you guys. Should you ever want to add me to your list, I can be your honorary sober mom. <laughs> part of the squad. Maybe the sober it. mom squad BFF, but definitely the exclusive first ever interview of all five at the same time. Jessica, what do you got? You're in there trying you to yell found something. It. Yes, yes. Wicked, wicked. Adina Menzel saying defying gravity. So there you go. I have it. You didn't make it up. Okay. All right. Well, (laughs) but I doubt it was about cosmetic. I doubt it was about, you know, defying gravity with your gobble or your (laughs) face. She definitely wasn't talking about her gobble. Oh my gosh. It's been such a wonderful time. Thank you so much for all of you for coming on today. I super appreciate it. Okay. So we're done. I think. Did I get everybody? This, this was so, so yeah. fun. Did you like this it? Was Jess? Super fun. I loved it. So I, fun. I have a knack. <laughs> yes, you sure do. And you are modest, Lori. I love that about you. I know. I know. And I get like, see, it just <laughs> takes till the, it takes it till the end. And then when somebody says something nice about me, I'm like, oh, stop. Cause I really do get freaked out about it. I can only like jokingly talk about how great I am. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a little look great. to the camera. Super fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I had an amazing time. I think our listeners are going to learn a lot. Let's go down the list real quick from um, just the same order we were going. If anyone wants to find, first, I'll start with you, Emily. Sober Mom Squad, where can they find the information and sign up? And I know that your prices are changing soon. So they want to get on this they like now. Are, yes. In fact, January first or second, not quite sure. Depends where you are in the world. They will be changing. They will be going up. Prices will be going up. So if you want to join, you should do it now. And you can find out any information at SoberMomSquad.com. You can follow us on Instagram at SoberMomSquad. You can follow us on Facebook at Shocking Sober Mom Squad. And we still, we have a free Facebook group. We have a free meeting on Wednesdays. And we also have a paid membership with tons and tons of extras. Oh my gosh. And you get what you pay for, ladies. So pony up. Mm. You put that money where your wine was. <laughs> your wine where your money was? I don't know. Emily, now what about you personally? Because outside of Sober Mom Squad, you've got this book, you've got these funny videos. Oh my gosh, you keep me laughing. And you you videotape yourself in the tub. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why doesn't everybody? That's that was my question. I'm like Because I don't like great. tubs. That's why I don't, if you were asking uh, me. What? No. Oh, I have a fear of water. Lori. I kind of like to, oh. but I don't know now. You have a fear of water? <laughs> yes, maybe because okay, let's talk about my traumatic experience let's and see do if you that. like me let's anymore. Have therapy. God, uh, my Therapy. aunt tried to drown me when I was a kid to like, she oh, threw me in the middle of the pool to ch- like go swim and swim to the edge. I'm like, girl, I can barely like breathe right now. It was horrible. So I can't oh, swim. I hate pools and I don't like tubs. Okay. So put a dolly damper Yikes. on that situation. Back to you and your tubs, Emily. <laughs> I just really wanted Jen love- to like, I wanted to just zing her, zing her. I loved, <laughs> I loved, I love bathtubs. Yes. Um, oh yeah. So I am at highlight real recovery. That's my Instagram and I do snarky reels and that's really all you got to know about me. Snarky reels. I love it. <laughs> Jen Elizabeth, people want to find you. Where do they go? Yes. So I am at resurrection with a K underscore of underscore me everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. And I don't do very good reels, but I'm trying. <laughs> You do great reels. Your reels are hilarious. Stop it. They're so good. My God. Yeah. (laughs) Well, as long as you're putting in your best effort, Jen, I'm sure they're absolutely amazing. I I actually, yes, I actually work really hard at these reels. I do not get it, but I'm getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Jessica, somebody wants to find you. Where do they go? Jessica Landon 12 on Instagram. Just uh, JessicaLandon.com JessLandon, sorry, JessLandon.com is my website uh, Facebook, Jessica Landon and yeah, Sober Mom Squad Love it Last but certainly not least on the nice list, Michelle Smith <laughs> 
so oh, nice. in the works. Um, I have the podcast coming in the book and you can find me at recovery is the new black.com. And on Instagram, it's recovery is the new black underscore. And everywhere else on social media, it's just recovery is the new black. I do have a free Facebook group over there as well. Awesome. That's it. <laughs> We're done. Say your goodbyes. All right. Thank you all so much for coming. Thank, Thank you Lori. so much, Lori. Thank you. Bye. 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 Sorry for making fun of you or your water trauma. Now I feel terrible. I know that was my intent. I mean, fuck, couldn't you have made something funny up? You had to like throw me way (laughs) under the bus that you were trying to almost drowned. I'm clever, girl. I'm clever. This ain't my first rodeo. You're going to be thinking about that all day. Oh my God. I I will. I'm going to have to write some work on that. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recovery Hour podcast. Successful podcasts equal subscribers and good ratings. Please take a few minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. To learn more about me, your host, Lori Windfeld, jump on over to the recoveryhour.com. Here you'll find information on my coaching and speaking practices, as well as information on guests of the show. If you're still listening to this and you haven't subscribed to my mom yet, what are you doing? You're lame. So go do it right now. All right, all right, calm down. Sorry about that. He's just really excited for this to be successful since I I've been spending all of my free time on this project and not with him. While you aren't lame, as my son suggests, I would really appreciate a few minutes of your time to subscribe. While it doesn't seem like much, it really does help my goal in spreading the word of recovery. Until next time, let's continue to inspire, live, and give.